Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled, The Tables Will Be Turned. Dr. David Jeremiah says, It is commonly referred to as the prophecy against Gog and Magog, and it is the most detailed prophecy concerning war in the entire Bible. The prophecy predicts an invasion of Israel in the last days, an invasion comprised of enormous masses of troops from a coalition of nations led by Russia and Iran. It is likely that this invasion will occur shortly after Israel signs a covenant with the new leader of the European Union, Antichrist. End of quote. We have noted that two full chapters in Ezekiel are given to the description of this war. It is a major event in redemptive history. It marks a time in the last days when God shows his lordship to the world in this event. He shows that he is still the God of Israel, still in covenant relationship with Israel, that he is still Yahweh. Chapter 38 emphasizes the enormity of this last days coalition that comes against Israel. Chapter 39 emphasizes how God utterly decimates it, thereby affirming his lordship relationship with Israel. This will be the time when God gets his reputation back, so to speak, before the world as he proves that he, the one true God, is still in covenant relationship with Israel. It also marks a turning point in Israel, as it is from this day forward that they will recognize Yahweh as their God, as so stated in Ezekiel 39:22. In the context of Ezekiel 39, 9-20, Yahweh, the God of Israel, has just destroyed Gog, and his coalition forces on the mountains of Israel. Furthermore, he has also sent fire on Magog and those back in the homeland of Gog. 39.6 It is a total wipeout of the great army marshaled by Gog. Total devastation is what will define the scene. And then we read in Ezekiel 39.9 and 10, Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, the javelins and the spears. And they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any from the forest because they will make fires with the weapons. And they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. Israel will be holed up in their cities as this massive coalition descends upon their mountains, but then will emerge essentially unharmed. When the dust settles, they will come out of the cities and begin a massive recycling program, which involves converting the weapons and equipment of this great army into energy. They will use it to make fires, and this will continue for seven years. There's a lot of stuff here to convert into fuel. The Jews are great at improvising. They will turn these weapons and equipment into useful energy. Thus, they will plunder those who sought to plunder them, and they will pillage those who sought to pillage them. This is the ultimate turning of tables. The fact that they will make fires with this war rubble for seven years has caused no end of discussion, especially in relation to the timing of the war. It is often reasoned that the burning of the equipment is actually a cleansing of the land, and therefore it must be completed prior to the coming of the kingdom. Just one problem. The text doesn't actually say that. Note carefully that the cleansing of the land is tied only, only to the burial of the people and not to the burning of the equipment. Verse 12, burying them in order to cleanse the land. Verse 14, bury those bodies in order to cleanse it. Verse 15 and 16, buried, thus shall they cleanse the land. Exegetically, the cleansing of the land has everything to do with burial and nothing to do with burning. 
Therefore, there would be no problem with burning even if it went into the kingdom era. It is noted that at the beginning of the millennial kingdom, the people will, quote, beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. See Isaiah 2.4 and Micah 4.3. In other words, in the kingdom, they will make use of and utilize what formerly were weapons of war. Another argument is that the Jews will be on the run in the second half of the tribulation, so how could they possibly be burning this equipment at this time? Therefore, it is reasoned that the burning must be completed in the middle of the tribulation in order to make this seven-year burning fit the timing of the war of Gog and Magog. It is therefore placed at least three and a half years prior to the day of the Lord, so that the burning is all done by the midpoint of the tribulation. The real problem here is that this is an argument based purely on deductive reasoning and holds to certain presuppositions that is not based on exegetical data. While it is true that a remnant is going to be preserved in a special place, probably Petra, Revelation 12, 6, and then 14 through 16, it is also true that Israel is going to continue to have a representative presence in the land throughout the tribulation period. A purging process is going to go on in which two-thirds of the people will die in the land, Zechariah 13:8. Observe that at the time of our Armageddon, Jews are still well represented in the land, even in Jerusalem. Zechariah 12, or Zechariah 14:2 says, For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. In addition, note that Christ instructed that when they see the abomination spoken of by Daniel standing in the holy place, that they should, quote, flee to the mountains. Now, it is assumed by some that they will all flee to Petra at this point. Certainly a great remnant will. But Christ spoke of the mountains in general. He didn't specifically say which mountains. It is very probable that there will also be Jews hiding in the mountains of Israel, exactly where the equipment of Gog was destroyed. And very possibly the Jews hiding there will utilize this equipment for needed fire energy during this time. It would be just like God to use the weapons of his arch enemies to take care of his people in this desperate context. These enemies forcibly invaded the mountains of Israel, but God's people end up fleeing to these mountains. And ironically, one means of their survival there may be the fuel provided by Gog and Magog. I'm not dogmatic about these details, but present them as a possibility. Ron Rhodes says, as long as some Jews, perhaps even a minority, continue to burn the remaining weapons throughout the second half of the tribulation, the prophecy of Ezekiel 39.9 would be fulfilled. End of quote. Some hold that the seven-year figure here may be an indicator that the war of Gog and Magog takes place near the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel. I think this view best harmonizes with all the details of the passage. Gog and company come to plunder and pillage Israel, but because of the Yahweh factor, it will end up being that Israel plunders and pillages this Goliath-like foe. Gog is going down. But Israel is not going anywhere. No, 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 no. They're not going anywhere. In fact, Israel will live off the plunder of Gog for seven years, which is exactly the duration of the 70th week of Daniel, the seven-year tribulation period. 
it will be a total God thing. Lord, we thank you that you are sovereign. We thank you for the place of Israel in redemptive history, and we continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, realizing that will ultimately be fulfilled at your second coming. Lord, again, we thank you that you are sovereign over the events of history, over the affairs of history. And Lord, one day you are going to intervene in this great war, given more detail in Scripture than any other war, uh, in, this, in this war of Gog and Magog, uh, to demonstrate that you are the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of faithful covenant relationship. And so, Lord, we thank you for the truth, and we thank you that in the end, uh, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of yourself. Pray in Christ's name. Amen.